Good day, everyone. Good day. Welcome to Insight and Instruction. I am your host, Sherry Fleming, business and legal strategist. Today, we are going to discuss the business of real estate investment. I noticed that this is the one area, or real estate in particular, is the one area that I have not really covered yet of my three practice areas. So I wanted to um, just take the opportunity because of recent events, particularly in um, Maryland news, I thought this was a great time to pretty much discuss the business of real estate investment. So for those of you who may not know, real estate investment, um, like any other investment, is this concept that you're going to purchase real estate for the purpose of making money off of the real estate investing. So buying at one price, which is typically lower, holding it for some time or putting some money in to recoup a high higher cost um, or recoup a higher fee so that you're able to get some some money out of the initial investment. And so there are several ways in which you can invest in real estate. Um, I'm not even going to go into all of those ways, but I did want to talk about two things, uh, two concepts, and that is uh, the concept of flipping that is buying a um, a home that needs work, maybe even dilapidated from needing just a little work, purchasing that home, making some upgrades, uh, doing some additions or completely rehabbing the home to sell for a higher value, which is the resale value um, or the, the the value after you've added um the upgrades, which is typically higher. And then the difference between your purchase price and the uh, and the price that you sold it for is the amount of money that you, you make. And um, so that's flipping. And then the other concept is buying and holding. And that is buying a piece of real estate uh, at a particular price and holding for a duration of time um, to, you know, either do upgrades over time or to rent out the property for commercial or residential purposes and um, maintain the rents, the, the the rental fee, you maintain the rent from the tenant. And that way, over time, it's typically seen as a lucrative operation. And so those are the two limited ways. There are other ways to invest in real estate, but those are the two um, main concepts that I'm not going to uh, discuss too thoroughly. I just want to talk about the business of being an investor. And in the world of HGTV, uh, Flip My House, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, two I actually love. Um, I think that the everyday layperson who watches these shows say, oh, that seems easy. I can do that. Flip This House, Chip and Joanna Gaines, those are both um, more examples of flipping. I don't really see anyone buying and holding, meaning someone be holding a property and becoming a landlord to manage that property for the duration of their ownership. And so um, I see people, a lot of people, that I get the, the most questions that I get in relation to business, not as much real estate, but in relation to business, is how do I become an investor? I want to own property and I want property to make money for me. And so what I typically tell everyone is do your homework, do your homework. Um, there is nothing in life that comes easy. (laughs) 
And they make these shows look amazingly easy. They're beautiful. It's dramatic once you see the end results. Um, some of these people, quite frankly, are just gifted um, to do what they do from the builders to the people who do decor. Um, but do your homework to make sure that you fully understand what it is that you are uh, becoming involved with. And I find that most of us um, don't understand business and therefore we don't understand the business of real estate investment. And this is my general theme in my practice. Um, most of us just don't understand how business is conducted. And so uh, what does that mean? When you are investing in real estate, uh, the one question you should ask yourself is, who is purchasing the property? Are you purchasing the property as an individual or have you developed a business entity who is purchasing the property? Most of the would-be investors that I know purchase a property as an individual. And what, in, what you don't fail to realize is that when you are purchasing property as an individual with your own name on the property, if you're flipping or buying and holding, really doesn't matter. You are personally liable and responsible for the property. So you're responsible for the bills. You're responsible for the upkeep. Um, if you're flipping, um, you're responsible for anything that happens on the property while you own it. If you have contractors on a property and someone may be injured, if you have pedestrians walking down the street and you know you have a property with a sidewalk, you're responsible for the property as if it is your property. Why? Because it is your property. And so um, I don't think going into it that many um, investors who don't, who are not using the property as a primary residence, I don't think they fully understand, or it's my experience that there seems to be a lack of understanding of the depth of responsibility um, that comes along with owning a property. So I would definitely say do your homework and have an understanding of who exactly owns the property. Now, because of uh, many investors are going to some of these investment seminars where they're dishing out hundreds, if not uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn how to become investors, some of these investment seminars are um, you know, saying, well, you need to have a business entity. You should uh, use an LLC or incorporate. And so that I, that um, idea of having a business entity depends on the overall goal that you are trying to reach. Um, it depends on your circumstance. Um, and I'm not here to provide legal advice, but what I am here to say is that if you do have a business entity, you need to make sure that the business entity actually owns the property. Um, another thing that I see is that uh, real estate investors purchase the property in their own name 
and they have a business entity, but at no point during the course of settlement of the purchase have they taken steps <laughs> to ensure that the property uh, is in the name of the business so that the property, there is some separation between the property owner um, as the individual and the property owner as the business. Um, so that, that's another, uh, again, it's, it's a little nuanced, but um, just make sure that the the business, if that is your intent, that the business actually owns the property. Now, can you buy the property as an individual, sell it to a business, do a transfer? Yes, you can do those things. Um, can the business own the property? And the if there's a mortgage or a loan, can that be in an individual's name? In most circumstances, yes, um, but that does speak to a question of whether or not there is separation between uh, the business entities endeavors and your personal endeavors as a business owner. So you definitely want to seek some legal advice about your specific situation if those are some of the questions that you may have. But I do again want to stress that make sh to, to make sure that your business is functioning as a business and that you've properly incorporated or you've properly filed your article of organization. If you're an LLC, make sure that you properly have all of your business documents in order uh, for any business entity that you make uh, or that you develop. Make sure that you are consulting um, an accountant as well as a lawyer to make sure that your business is sound. So that when your business purchase pro purchases property, there is no confusion. There is no cause for anyone to think that there is commingling, which is uh, you using the business for personal reasons um, instead of for the true business purpose. So you want to make sure that your business setup is sound. And then you want to make sure that as an investor, you've taken every last uh, precaution necessary to ensure that the business actually owns the property. And then you just have to maintain it from there. Maintain your business ownership and um, make sure that you're doing everything in the business name in relation to the property. And so again, with real estate investment, there are, um, while it is a business, it's particularly for those who are buying and holding or for those who are becoming um, landlords. While it is a business, um, there are some, like any business, there are some real life consequences for your consumer, which uh, tends to be the tenant or the resident of the property. And at least in Maryland, there is different treatment for the type of residential real estate. And again, I want to make sure that I'm limiting, that you're aware that I'm limiting this particular discussion to residential real estate um, for investors who are either flipping and or buying and holding, which is means that they're uh, they are landlords, and so 
Maryland recognizes different treatment for single family homes, um, multiple homes with multiple units in it, um, duplexes, uh, rentals where the owner of the home um, may also be a resident of the home. Um, there are different categories um, all the way up to multi-unit um, um rental complexes, like housing complexes. And so you want to make sure that you as a investor, as a business owner, are aware of some of the consequences, um, and particularly um, in relation to residential real estate, because people's homes are, it, it's a necessity for life. People need a place to live. Otherwise, they will be homeless. Um, and with COVID-19 and um, it being a national and worldwide pandemic, some landlords are realizing that they're a little in over their heads. Um, and the reason is they have multiple rentals, where it hasn't been a problem. Um, for some, they've, they've uh, done the proper educating um, and they understand the business of real estate investment. And so they have adequate savings in the event that their uh, tenants are unable to pay rent. Some have not prepared. And the reality is um, with residential real estate in, partic in, in particular relation to COVID-19, many states have um, orders from the government, the state government, that has pretty much said tenants have to remain and can remain in their homes <laughs> Uh, if they are able to, uh, if they are unable to pay rent due to some relation to COVID-19, being sick and unable to work, being laid off or unemployed due to uh, an employer having to cut back. Depending on your state or your jurisdiction, uh, the governor's order may be different and have different consequences. But real estate investors need to understand the law and how it can impact their business decisions. Um, and this also applies to other business ent entities um, or, excuse me, industries. But I want to really just harp on um, investment for a second. And that is, yes, a government order <laughs> that is signed and executed to protect the general welfare of the citizens of that particular jurisdiction can say uh, or put some parameters on to um, as to what tenants can and cannot do, particularly when we're in unknown territory, and it is uh, the the governor's order is deemed necessary for individual safety. There are a lot of landlords um, who are up in arms, and most of the attorneys that I know represent the landlords because, um, you know, that's who pays them. That's where the money is. It's typically. Um, not profitable to represent a tenant because if a tenant can't pay rent, then it's highly unlikely that a tenant can pay for legal representation unless they go through other means, uh, through a legal services organization or through the court system that provides maybe some pro bono assistance uh, from volunteer attorneys. And so I see a lot of landlords who are up in arms because the tenant is not paying rent and they may not be able to get an eviction. What happens if all of these individuals are evicted? 
they're going to be homeless. So yes, um, it is likely that a judge would order to stay the eviction, which means that the tenant gets to remain in the place, in the, uh, the property without paying rent (laughs) for, um, a time until we we figure out what's happening with COVID-19. The problem is that that does not necessarily relieve the landlord from his or her responsibility of paying the mortgage on the property if there is still a mortgage on the property that is being rented. And so if you're not in real estate investment, this makes no sense to you or may not make any sense to you. But if you are in real estate investment, this makes a lot of sense. And so um, if you are thinking about going into this particular field, you have to be mindful of some of these things and make sure that you're doing your due diligence to ensure your financial well-being, but also consider um, or take consideration for uh, the well-being and the circumstances that most of your tenants um, may find themselves in. The another thing that I wanted to discuss, uh, particularly in relation to real estate investment and the business of real estate investment, just to highlight some cause for concern. Um, there, you know, I don't want you to think that this is not um, a good business venture. It absolutely is a good business venture. I have been a real estate investor. Um, you just have to know what it is that you're getting into so you can weigh your risk appropriately. Um, and so COVID has brought up um, a couple of issues in relation to, you know, financing investments and and making sure that your accounting and your ability to pay uh, for all of the fees associated with a property without regard to whether or not your tenant pays to make sure that you've done the appropriate uh, financing and accounting for that. But another thing that I wanted to highlight was um, as a landlord or as an investor to make sure that you are um, functioning with the proper view of humanity, that you are functioning in a way that is um, compassionate and um, understanding that, yes, it is a business, but ultimately people are going to reside in the homes that you flip or the homes that you're renting. And these people are humans. (laughs) And there is um, a certain amount of dignity that should be afforded to every human without regard to who they are and um, what they can afford. And I say that uh, because part of what I do see in real estate investment is investors cutting corners in places where they don't always recognize the gravity of cutting that corner. And so um, we can we can name a number of things, um, a number of residential issues that have come up from um, the use of lead paint um, to uh, fire and smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, not using the proper paint and not installing the proper uh, smoke and f- um, smoke fire and carbon monoxide detectors that have had grave um, consequences for residents. And so as an investor, I, if it's particularly for the new investor, I want you to go in um, 
having an understanding that people are going to live in a home. When I was an investor, part of what I brought to the table and part of why I had great relationships with tenants um, is that I treated the property as if I had to live there. And it wasn't that everything was top of the line, because quite frankly, I'm not that concerned with top of the line. I'm more of a functional person. If it functions, it works. Um, It doesn't have to be high end for me. If it functions and it's not going to endanger me, it's fine for me personally. Um, So I say that um, going into investing, if I could not be in a property or not necessarily live in a property, but it wasn't a property that I didn't want to visit. There is nothing. I didn't buy it. I didn't rehab it. (laughs) Or if I did rehab it, I rehabbed it to my standard. Um, And I did that in a way that was also cost effective. So I don't want investors to think that being a compassionate investor, you're compassionate at your uh, at at an expense to you that there's a, a there's a financial detriment to you because you you um, do things in a compassionate way and the reason why I bring that up because most of the laws that we have in relation to residential real estate um, are in place because someone put uh, profits before compassion and humanity. And they decided (laughs) to do things not up to snuff or not up to par um, because they were more concerned about money. So laws are created because we as humans can't really set a minimum standard for ourselves as to how we should govern ourselves. So we as a collective uh, yield to our government to say, hey, we recognize we need protection in this area because as individuals and as businesses doing um, businesses uh, engaging in business with consumers, we're not always capable of making right the correct decision or the right decision for humanity. And so that's how laws come into to, to effect because they create the minimum standard by which any individual and any um, business entity should abide. And so um, recently this came up and it it hit home for me a little bit. Recently in Baltimore City, there was a huge gas explosion or there was a gas explosion that was had a huge impact and leveled three row homes, um, caused the death of two individuals, one um, in her 60s and a a college student. There are several injuries uh, to date. At least two people are still in critical condition in uh, the hospital. And it's been over a week, maybe nearly two weeks now since the gas explosion. The cause is still unknown. A couple of things that are known that um, became of a concern to me is that three the three properties were um, rental properties. They were owned by a landlord and they were rented out. The landlord has been purported to be, you know, a great landlord by neighbors, a compassionate landlord. There were reports that the landlord was at the hospital um, when um, he or she heard of the uh, explosion or the incident. And so this is not by any means to have any, um, to, to bash the landlord. I do not know any particulars, but this is just to bring to light um, how, how the end of the spectrum 
spectrum, just how drastic things can happen when it comes to real estate investment. And so again, the cause of the gas explosion is unknown. However, the gas and electric company was very clear that its investigation is ongoing. However, it has ruled itself out um, as one of the causes, stating that the main gas lines uh, to the neighborhood and the gas lines to the residents, uh, the, the three residents in particular, uh, the three buildings in particular, that they were maintained uh, properly and that there was you know, no um, issue with them and that the rest of the, the homes on the street that are supported by those gas lines are, are fine and they're confident enough to even have turned the gas back on for those other homes. Um, And so the gas and electric company have pretty much said, this is not on us. (laughs) And so you then have to look at who else could be responsible or culpable in a legal sense for what has happened. And so that leaves the landlord who is responsible for general and overall um, maintenance of of our major uh, utilities uh, or major things uh, or who could be it depends on what the lease says but um, who could be responsible for um, larger gas related issues or the tenants um, in their use of the property in their use of appliances in the home um, we don't know you know, who, who is responsible or who will be held responsible. But my discussion really isn't, I don't really want to harp on who is responsible, um, responsible or not. I, I have a, a keen sense that this landlord feels the weight of what it means to be a real estate investor right now. And I don't want any other person who is going into real estate investment as a business arrangement to not be aware of some things that could possibly happen. The landlord, it, this could be an accident where some there's some fluke that happened. Either way, um, there is a sense of responsibility that any human <laughs> would naturally feel when something of this magnitude happens, I have no relation to these properties. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this could have possibly been me. And the reason why I say that is because on the last property that my husband and I own, which used to be a primary residence, um, we had tenants who were good until they weren't as great. <laughs> and um, they ended, it, 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 personal in, uh, issues between the two tenants had a grave effect on how they were as tenants. And so uh, upon the ending of our lease agreement, um, we did our regular walkthrough. Everything seemed fine to the eye to me based on my experience. And having the property transfer back to me and having the gas electric transfer back to me and all of those responsibilities of home ownership that weren't delegated via the lease agreement, um, you know, turned back to me. I, you know, decided I didn't even want to have another tenant, you know, in the home. My husband and I decided we wanted to sell it. In um, getting the property prepared for resale, honestly, there was very little 
um, wrong with the property. Very little wear and tear. They kept the property property immaculate. I did regular um, home visits and inspections. Um, they were in the property for a considerable amount of time. So as the years passed, I didn't feel the need to do as regular visits. Um, and it was it was near, so I drove by the property a lot. Come to find out, <laughs> upon them moving out and relocating out of state, actually that they had been stealing gas and electric from the gas and electric company for at least two years. I had no, there's no way for me to know about this because the gas and electric were, um, they were in the tenant's name. I became aware of it um, or semi aware of it. It was really late. They, the tenants were pretty much out of the home, um, and preparing to move when I was contacted by the, uh, gas and electric company who were doing an investigation. Um, and so I had to provide them with copies of the lease that I wasn't responsible, uh, particularly for the bill. Um, and they were doing an investigation to recoup, um, any expenses, uh, because again, they were stealing a gas and electric for years. Apparently, I don't even know how you do that, but, um, I guess they were savvy enough to get it done. And so what ended up happening, even though there was gas and electricity, really more so the gas, even though there was gas running to the property, it was done so illegally and not really under the auspice and control of the gas and electric company. Therefore, I had to have a full gas inspection of all appliances, all gas lines, and the main line um, that the main gas line that came into the house. Those inspections totaled uh, over $1,000, um, but more than the cost, they t- it took about seven months to get it done. Um, just from the process and delay with the gas and electric company. And so for seven months, my husband and I were responsible for, and that's not seven months of just sell, you know, having the property on the market for sale. That's seven months of getting the property ready for sale. Okay, so I'm talking about additional time after that seven months um, that my husband and I were solely responsible for all of the bills in relation to the property with no income from the property coming in. Thankful enough, we were able to really um, cover it without much harm to us personally. Uh, but that is not something that I ever could have seen coming. Um, it's not as if I, I ever went there and the gas and electric was off. It's not as if the gas and electric company called me. I checked, um, you know, the gas and electric usage as reported by the gas company. And so even though they were stealing gas and electric, the gas and electric company still was reporting usage. So there were really no red flags for me as a landlord to kind of step in earlier. But I had to go through the process to get all of the inspections done to make sure I had the all clear from all parties. Because the reality is, I didn't feel comfortable putting the house on the market or even getting a tenant tenant in the house without assuring that 
everything was well with the gas lines. And so, um, again, not saying that the landlord of the Baltimore City uh, Row Homes did anything wrong. I'm, I hope that that landlord uh, did everything up to snuff and up to par and everything as required by him or her. But it did hit me a little differently knowing that as an investor, I encountered some major issues in relation to um gas lines in an electric company that I didn't bargain for or anticipate. And so I wanted to, again, bring that to um, the attention of anyone who is going into uh, the business of real estate investment, just to give you a heads up that you shouldn't just be thinking about your bottom line um, in your um, after repair value and the amount of money that you, you're, you're going to make off the property. That should definitely be a consideration. It should definitely be on the, on the list. This is a business and you should make money from it. However, you should also think about these other things, particularly in relation to residential real estate um, that can interfere with the money you receive. And that is um, the government's ability to enact orders uh, to protect the health and safety of its citizens, which means that tenants may be able to stay in a property without paying rent. Um, these issues with the gas line, electric lines, um, that, that may be your responsibility. You cannot contract away all responsibility. So as a landlord, you always want to make sure that you're taking the proper precautions to protect yourself. As an investor who may not be a landlord, but if you're uh, flipping homes, you want to make sure that you're not cutting corners with the appliances that you buy. You want to make sure that you have warranty warranties, make sure that you have the proper inspections when you're flipping a house and you're running electrical lines. Make sure that you have the proper permits and that you're working with contractors who understand the value of pulling permits and having having inspections because you do not want anything to go wrong and come back to bite you later. So that's all that I have uh, today. Thank you for, for listening. Um, if you know an investor, you know, please feel free to share this particular message with them. Um, if you have any questions, uh, I cannot provide legal advice unless we have an engagement agreement, but feel free to submit your questions or your area concerns to my website, www.sharryfleming.com, S-H-A-R-I-F-L-E-M. ING.com. And I'll look forward to hearing from you. It's always great. And thanks for all of the feedback I received thus far. I am excited. So if there's, again, if there's any topic that you would like me to cover or anything that I glossed over that could, because some of these topics could be a podcast into themselves. Um, so if there's any topic that you want to hear a little bit more about, just let me know. I hope that you have an amazing day. 